Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Scaling Simplified podcast. We are heading into a new year, which means new habits, new goals, and so much more excitement. So what are we going to talk about today, Georgia? Yes, this is a great topic. So yeah, new year, new goals. Let's think about some of the the great habits that we want to take into this new year. And I think it's really around if you want to build a business that gives you freedom, that allows you to do all the other things that you want to do in life, you've got to be intentional about how you're running your business because otherwise you're just going to be in the thick of it, juggling everything. And that's not what we want. So today we're going to be sharing our favorite hacks and habits and just the little things that we do within our business that has allowed us to create way more freedom on a day-to-day basis, but also that's meant we can scale in a way that doesn't require us to work harder and harder. You know, the old adage, work smarter, not harder. Um, So some of these tips you might find useful, some of them you might find really helpful, but this is just a reminder, take what you need and leave the rest. There is no such thing as a right or wrong way of doing this. It's the right way for you. And some of these might inspire you to adapt them in some way and take some little trinket into your business. Okay, let's not hang about. Let's just jump straight in. So the first tip we have is to plan in fun first. Now, I actually think this is really good that this is tip number one, because I think this is actually the most important thing you should be doing in your business. Really, the reason behind this is because anything that you do, you will take as much time as you are given to do that task. So it's that sort of theory that tasks expand to the time given to them. So if you don't actually go ahead and plan in your fun first and prioritize it, you'll end up actually not having any time for fun or you'll be so exhausted at the end of the week that actually the last thing you want to go do is go out and have some fun because you've just tired yourself and burnt yourself into the ground. So the first thing you need to do is really think about putting that fun in first. And I think what you also need to do is be conscious as as your business is scaling, you're going to get more and more tasks that come your way and you're going to get more and more difficult and um, harder things to think about. And you're going to find it's more taxing. So unless you are being strategic about your time out, you will get to the place of burnout and nobody wants that. And the whole point of building your business, right, is to live your life like we're not here to work all the time we need to really make sure that we have our fun life in inside as well I can't get my words out today we really need to make sure that we build in the fun to our life too otherwise what is the point of working so hard absolutely and I would like to use you actually as a shining example of this because Am I right in thinking that you have managed to travel for about four and a half months this year? I have. Yeah. So actually planning fun first, I feel is like something that we share a lot in common is our like top priority in our business. But I have, I've taken off four and a half months to travel this year. There have been times when I've not worked at all when I traveled. And there's been times when I've worked a little bit to keep things running when I traveled. And It is completely possible to run a successful business and have a team as well and to take time off and travel and do what's important to you. Now, for me, that's traveling. For you, it might be time with your family or time with a partner or just 
peace and quiet time, time to yourself to go and do whatever hobby you love doing. But I think the most important thing is to understand that everything is possible and you can figure any of this out. You just have to make the decision to do it. So going into next year, I've already got another three or four months of travel already planned. And I know there'll be more that comes in during the year as opportunities come up, but I've already put that in my diary. I've let my team know Sometimes you've already got those structures in place to to know what to do when I'm working on a different time zone or I'm out of the business. And other times I know I'm going to have to figure that out before we get to that stage. But it's completely possible. All you need to do is just believe that it's possible and then you'll figure it out. Yeah, I love that. And I think this leads actually nicely into point number two, which is um, really get clear on your bigger picture but then plan it out into 90 day sprints. So if you look back on the year we've just had, I imagine everyone is saying, how on earth are we at this point again? Like time has gone so fast. So if you're not intentional about what you want to achieve, it's quite frankly, never going to happen. So we've talked about this in previous episodes in terms of setting goals, but get clear on that bigger picture vision. So that is really thinking about actually in an ideal world, where do I want to be in five years? So where do I want to be in three? So where do I need to get to by the end of next year to make that happen? And that could be business related, but it could also be personal related as well. Because remember, if you focus too heavily on the business, your personal life will just go past as well. And those goals that you had, those trips you wanted to make before you had a family or the things that your places that you want to visit or the things you wanted to do will disappear. So you've got to make sure that you're scheduling it in. Georgia, I completely agree that you need to plan, get clear on that big picture and then focus it down into manageable chunks. So I know we've covered more of the details of how to actually operate a 90 day sprint on previous episodes. But can you just give us a quick recap of like the highlights of how to do this? Okay, amazing. So perhaps you think there's a couple of things you really want to achieve this year. And that's brilliant that you've got those big goals. But we also want to make sure that you're not going to get held back by getting stuck in the day to day of stuff. So I want you to think about, okay, what is that big thing? Say you are building out a new program, or perhaps you're launching a new product, or building out a new funnel. So you're thinking of the end result, and you're working backwards. So it's going to help you break down those big goals into kind of manageable chunks so you can actually move in the right direction. So say you want to launch that funnel at the end of March. What do you need to be doing by the end of January, the end of February to get to that point at the end of March? So break that down. Or maybe the the funnel is something that's going to take six months. So again, break that down into 90, 90 day sprints. So it might be the first 90 days is around um, generating new leads, building your profile on social media, like creating a bigger um, area that people might see your funnel. And then the next 90 days is really honing in on those people that were originally interested in seeing, are they actually my ideal client? What do I need them to do by this point? Then let's say you're for each 90 day sprint, you're going to pick maybe five KPIs that are your needle movers and only focus on improving those. It's really easy to get sidetracked. And the whole point of kind of planning out the big vision is we don't get to every crossroad and be like, both directions look really interesting. Maybe I'll try and do both of these. And then before you know it, you've completely overloaded yourself. So we know where we're going to, we're working backwards and we're working out what's going to tell us that we're on the right track, whether that is the number of new leads coming into our funnel, whether that is um, some tasks that we've set for our team members to make sure that 
they are moving forward fast enough to launch day and we don't suddenly get to a week before our big goal and realize that nothing's quite ready. You know, we're always staying atop of it. The other thing that I find this really helps with is it means that you stop procrastinating on stuff because you've got really clear deadlines, which you've broken down into small elements. When I'm working with clients and they and they get stuck or they're procrastinating on stuff, it's normally because the project is too big. They don't know where to start. Whereas when you've broken it down into really easy, manageable steps and you're like, okay, this is what I need to achieve here. These are the five things that are gonna show me I'm on track. You know what you're doing. You don't need to procrastinate anymore. Also, it becomes much easier to delegate it to someone else when you know exactly what's happening. So it means that your your team also, they're really keeping clear on those priorities, which is kind of essential because if you're anything like me, I come up with a lot of different ideas and I'm always like, oh, we could do that. And that would be exciting. And what about this? So I might be meandering around the main plan, but as long as I've set a really clear plan for my team, it means they're always going to be on those priorities. And then we can decide if there is time or space to fit in one of my other wild side ideas or not. (laughs) You know, it's funny, this habit has probably been the single biggest game changer in my business. I think the first habit, obviously planning and fun first has been good for my own work-life balance and enjoyment of my business. But in terms of scalability of my business, this has been like the one. And for anyone that is like interested more in um, kind of the, the thought process behind that, there's a really good book by Gino Wickman called Traction. And basically it talks about an entrepreneurial operating system. And if you are somebody that like likes a big picture, but needs to break it down into manageable chunks, I really recommend reading that book because it completely changed my perspective on how to run a business. And honestly, that habit that I've taken from this book has changed the game for me and I'm sure it will for you too. Okay, so habit number three is really keeping focused. Now this, I'll be honest, is something that I struggle with. And so it's a really good reminder to take this habit into 2024. And I think as entrepreneurs, we are just so used to moving constantly onto the next thing and looking for the opportunity and potentially having shiny object syndrome or jumping on new opportunities that it's really hard sometimes for us to stop and go, hang on a minute, we're not trying to do everything. We're trying to do one thing and we're going to try and do it well. And especially in the current economic climate and with all the noise that is out there on social media, it's really important for us to just stay in our lane of what we're doing and be like, I'm clear on what I'm doing, who I serve, who my customer is, you know, what service I'm offering or what products am I selling and just focusing on getting that good. If you try and do everything, you are going to be the master of none. And I don't think we're living in an age where you can be the master of all things at the moment, unless you have a massive team. And let's face it, if that's the case, brilliant, do it. But most of the people listening here, I think are probably thinking, I already have too much stuff to do. I don't need to add more to my plate. So one of the ways in which I do this is to always have a parking lot. And this is basically just like a little area of my notes where I just drop down all my ideas. And then I know that they're somewhere safe. But I know if they're not on my 90 day sprint, then I don't need to distract myself with doing these now. And it really just helps me keep those good ideas as they come up somewhere that I know I can access them in the future. But it kind of helps me extract those thoughts from my brain. So I don't keep coming back and ruminating on, oh, my goodness, this project could then be this and this. And actually, then I get completely distracted from what am I doing in the day? 
And I also find that my team, like introducing this into my team has made a big difference because they often also have really amazing ideas that come up as they're working on something. But again, if they're getting distracted by something that, you know, we've not made a conscious effort to work on, we're then not actually delivering what we said we deliver in this quarter. So having that place where you can write down your ideas really, really helps. And removing those distractions, honestly, again, is really the key to scaling and scaling in a simple easy stress-free manner it's all about keeping that laser focus on one thing and just committing to that I think you can really pull that down to the micro level as well and I think anybody that um, for us it's really usual to be working from home but I think for loads of people that were working in, in the office in corporate and then started working from home this distraction of trying to stay in your own lane is really difficult so even thinking about the parking lot, we've got parking lot for business ideas. I also encourage people to have a distraction list on their desk. So if you're suddenly like, I've got to put the washing on, or I need to order this, or I must remember to message someone about this thing that's happening, just put it on your distraction list and actually put time in your diary to deal with the, the life admin, the distraction stuff that comes up on that list. And even thinking about that micro level, with that, you know, we've talked about big plans and 90 day sprints and all the rest of it, but I literally diarize everything in terms of tasks. So for example, I would put in recording this podcast, I would put in 30 minutes around prepping a certain episode, I would put in 30 minutes about remembering to think about social media for something, I might put in 30 minutes to write notes around a coaching call, like put everything in and also put in some some buffers you know you've got to have some space to deal with those emergencies those life emergency is like your kids off sick the washing machine broke down your car blew up there's a hole in the kitchen sink you know whatever it might be you've got to be able to like deal with those different things I'm laughing to myself because Pip actually has a hole in the kitchen sink the I just love this it's so funny you say this because I, I'm so with this diary writing everything I washed my hair this morning and had to put half an hour aside because I kid myself that I'm gonna wash my hair in five minutes but let's face it who washes their hair in five minutes and if you are please DM me with your secret to how you can wash your hair so quickly but it is true you do need if you put everything in your calendar including that fun time and then you give yourself that space it means you can just do so much more right yeah absolutely it also means then you protect the important stuff because you put it in the calendar you don't get to the end of the week and be like oh my gosh I never made it to the gym I wonder why because you blocked out your entire week from seven in the morning until midnight doing work tasks which kind of brings me on to Number four, which I think is such a good habit, particularly for those of you listening to this podcast, because you are going to be at a certain stage in your business where this really starts to apply. So don't hang on to things that don't need to be you. Okay. Remember all the other things we've talked about, putting fun first, like all the different things you want to achieve. That is not going to be a, that's not going to happen if you hang on to every small detail of your business. So I want your new mantra to be, I've got big plans for the year. I'm going to act like it. Okay. So sometimes it can feel a bit catch 22 with budget. You're thinking, oh, but I've got these big plans, but am I ready to invest? The sooner you can invest in help, the better. Scale it up. That is fine. 
Then I want you to work on what I call the trash transfer trim take on. So the way that we're doing this is you're looking at that to-do list and we've all got this. We've all got tasks on our to-do list that make it from week to week to week to week to week. And for some reason, they never get done. At that point, I would suggest they don't need to be done. If you've got three weeks in, you haven't done them and the business hasn't fallen apart, cross them off, they're trash. So there will be other things on that list that you're hanging on to that you feel like you should do, maybe because you saw an Instagram reel and someone suggested that that was something that you needed to do in your business. And it's made it onto your to-do list every week. Just trash it. If it's not right for you, don't do it. Then I want you to think, okay, what on that list definitely doesn't need to be me? And who can I transfer it to? Start with like the easiest task first, even if it's just around, and we've said this before, if it's around helping you out in your house, you know, or helping you out with the school run or anything that it might be, can you transfer that to someone else? Where's the lowest, the lowest cost things to transfer in terms of paying someone and also in terms of like business breaking potential? So then you should be left with things that probably do need to be you. And even those things that you're transferring, if money is tight, you're thinking, okay, how can I trim this? Like, does this process need to be as lengthy as I'm making it? What is the actual needle moving part of this process? How can I get to the point quicker? So it's either cheaper to pay someone else to do it or quicker for you to still be doing it. And then you've got the tasks that you 100% have to take on. They have to be you. That is usually, you know, around the strategy for the business or your zone of genius, I would say there's actually so many more tasks in your business that don't need to be you that you think need to be you at this point. And if you're confused about what those are, drop me a DM and I will uh, help talk that through with you. So trash, transfer, trim, take on. But a word of warning, absolutely don't transfer and then just run away because that is never going to work. It will come back to you and it will probably come back to you like three times broken. So if you are transferring, you need to make sure that you're giving a good handover. And when I say a good handover, we're just being really clear about what we're handing over. So another little acronym for you that I like to use is IPO. We're going to give all the information that we need to give on the, on the task. We're going to give all the permissions that we need to give. These are the things I'm happy for you to take the decision on. This is the budget I'm happy for you to spend up to. This is, uh, you know, the, the decisions you can make in the process. These are the things that I need you to come to me about for permission on and try and keep those as small as possible. And then we're talking about the outcome. So information, permission, outcome. What is the outcome of this task? What does doing this task look like well? What does succeeding in this task mean? And then you can either put together a quick video where you're just downloading what needs to happen in this task or even better, IPO, and then ask your hire to interview you with any questions that they may still have on how that should happen. They can record it. They can listen back to it. They get a really good understanding of how you approach a decision and how you would make decisions going forward. I really love the idea of getting somebody to interview you and recording it and then you explaining your thought process on how to make a decision because I think that's the hardest thing with teams is to 
download the way you think about something and the way you approach something with your team. And essentially a good team member will be able to do that automatically for you. They'll go, oh, I know what Pip's thinking. She would approach it in this way. So if I approach it in the same way, I know we're going to come with a relatively similar outcome. So therefore she's probably going to be happy and you save yourself so much time in that. And that really leads on so nicely to habit number five, and that is document as you go. Now, I know you see all the time SOPs, playbooks, document your life, document your business. But I think it's really easy to either feel completely overwhelmed and be like, hi, I'm not documenting anything because I do not have the time. Or to be, you know, little miss A star and go, I'm going to document everything perfectly. And it's going to be in my brand colors and it's going to be beautiful on Canva and so well organized. And actually in three months time, the whole system or process has completely changed, but it doesn't matter because you have a really good SOP for what was happening six months ago and it looks really pretty. So I think you really need to think about your documents and your standard operating procedures as working documents. They are moving and living and breathing with the company as you change. And actually, if they're not changing very often, maybe you need to think about why that is. Are you missing opportunities to speed things up and make processes better? So whether this is you or whether it's your team members, and if you have a team, I really encourage you to get your team to own SOPs relating to their tasks within the business and for them to maintain these and update these as they go. But you can do this really easily. So, you know, have Google Sheets, have a Google Doc that you're typing into that multiple people can add to, record videos using Loom. So literally, if I'm doing something new, I will just hit Loom and I will record my way through it. And the great thing with Loom is that it, it provides you a transcript. It provides you an AI summary of it all now. Like it's amazing what the software will do and what the various pieces of software will do. And it then just means that I can pass that to somebody else. And coming back to the piece you were talking to about helping your team understand your process of making decisions, I talk out what I'm doing and why I'm doing it as I'm recording that video because it helps somebody get into my mindset. And say you have a customer services rep and they're answering customer services queries. They could then have their SOP. So a whole list of answers, you know, tried and tested answers so they can copy and paste the answer and then tweak it for the whatever the query is that's come in. But then if you get them to explain when they're making changes, what those changes are here and there. If somebody new comes in, they can then very quickly understand like what the general approach is in the way that works for your business. So make sure that you're documenting as you go. Don't waste loads of time making things look pretty. You just need them to be functioning. Make sure that you store these somewhere that's really easy to access. So whether that's a shared drive, I like to use Notion and have a bank of SOPs. I know other people that have them all in Asana as various tasks, but then you just don't click do with the task. You just click into the task and you've got all the information. Whatever works for you. I'm sure Georgia's probably got loads of really good ideas on how to manage your SOPs. But doing something that really just tracks things as it goes. It will save you so much time. It will allow you to much more quickly bring on new team members, which is going to help you scale faster. And also it's just going to take away that like the busyness from your brain because if you've downloaded all that information of how to do something and you put it on paper, 
then you can stop thinking about that. It's similar to the parking lot idea. You remove that information from your brain, you compartmentalize it, and it opens up your brain to focus on the bigger, more important strategic questions. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, it, it is really important to document stuff, but I love that you said that it doesn't need to be perfect because it is much better to just have a quick base point that someone can go from, and they can always then interview you and find out why you've done things to a certain way and build on it because ultimately want to hand it over that process. So it's going to become somebody else's to manage. Okay, so number six, press go before you are ready. Now, I know that there are some people listening to this that pride themselves on being a bit of a perfectionist. And I want to say stop. Perfectionism is procrastination. When you get to 80% ready, just go for it. Okay, like I know that I am somebody that probably goes for it at 70%. So I could do better with waiting till I get to 80%. But if you have an idea, if you've got to the point where you can roll it out as a basic first draft, then just do it because you really don't know if something's going to work, if people are going to be interested, if if something is going to appeal to the masses until you start moving with it or until you know and have tested various aspects, like what works, what doesn't work. So just go for it, release a new product, have the new service, think of it as a first draft, get feedback, tweak it, relaunch it. As business owners, this is actually something that we are really good at. We're really good at learning from our mistakes. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be here in our businesses. We would have gone bankrupt ages ago. So you are good at refining what you do, but just put it out there. Don't overthink it because it might be something that actually nobody wants. So just try it, try it first. And I think this is the same in terms of bringing in team as well. Press go before you're ready because you will get to a point where you are so maxed out that you don't feel like you have the time to find, hire and onboard someone. We're saying that training is easy. It doesn't take long, but it does take some time and thought. And if your brain is maxed out by your to-do list, you are never going to feel like you can find that time to bring someone on. So as soon as you get some momentum with something, even a tiny bit before you're ready and you think, do you know what? There are definitely tasks in here that I could hand over to someone else. Do it, start doing it. The same with like launching a new funnel. It doesn't need to be perfect before you press go. Like you need to try this stuff out and tweak it, see what happens, see what results you get. So 20% of what we do creates an 80% of our results. So get clear on the 20%, i.e., you know, putting the right info or link in a funnel is way more important than choosing the perfect photo or aesthetics, you know. Think about what are the bits that are really going to move business along. You could make that website look so beautiful, but if you don't put a link in to buy the product, what's the point? Like get that first sentence right and get that link in and see who's interested, you know, build from there. I love the 2080 rule. I think it's so important that we like keep coming back down to like 80% of the results are created by 10, 10, ideally 10, but mostly 20% of the work. And then really diving into that and making sure that's what we're focusing on. Because ultimately that's what gives us more time and freedom back, right? And really that really nicely leads us into our final habit, habit number seven, which is simple equals scalable. So it's really natural as you grow and you add more products, you add more services, that your business becomes more and more complicated and there are more moving parts and spinning plates. You're trying to make things 
talk to each other and work and fit around each other. And one of your jobs as CEO, as you are scaling your business and you're really taking it to the next level, is to ensure that it remains manageable and it doesn't become this machine that you've built, which is out of control. You are the captain of the ship, remember, and you have to make sure that you're keeping the ship moving in the right direction before it's going full steam ahead at the iceberg. So you really need to think about if things become too complex, they're going to take you more time to manage. It's going to take longer for you to train your team up to understand all the nuances around that complexity. It risks things going wrong. You know, if it's more complicated, there are more points in which something could go wrong. And then figuring out what went wrong is so much harder because you've got to look at all the little touch points rather than the, the one touch point. And that generally means there's so much more reliance on you as the leader to figure things out and keep things moving. And one of the things as we scale is we wanna be stepping away from working in our business and start working on our business more. So there's more reliance on you for keeping everything running smoothly. That's gonna become harder and harder for you to step away so you can really think strategically and help the business move in the right direction. So I think with this, some of the sort of really tangible things that I think about when it comes to simple equals scalable is, Working out which KPIs are actually important. You know, we can track every single metric in our business. And as a data person, I love to track a lot of data. However, there's a lot of data you can be tracking, which actually for you doesn't make any sense to track or doesn't matter. Because if you're not going to do anything with the data you're tracking, there is actually no point in wasting your time tracking it. So think about those three to five KPIs that are really important for you and that align with the goals that you're trying to achieve and then focus on improving those every single week. I think we can also take the idea of simple equal scalable just into our daily routines. I personally do not agree with the like 5 a.m. 19 step morning routine, you know, the ice bath, the avocado on toast, the meditation, the red light therapy and all this, that and the other. Great if you have time to do that, but no, and I'm going to, you know, be a little spicy here, but no real entrepreneur has time to be doing that. If you're a real entrepreneur growing a real business, you need to be working and growing your business, not sitting in the sun for too long. And yeah, sorry if I've offended you with that, but it's the truth. So you really need to just think about what works for you. So like, you know, moving your body, getting some fresh air, eating healthily, drinking water. You don't need to have a million things to do to like be quote unquote successful. Just have something simple, a simple routine that works for you and just stick with it, okay? If you love to run as your form of exercise, there is no point in you thinking, I'm gonna become a bodybuilder because you're not gonna stick to it. And that's kind of like the point about this. If you don't like working in the mornings, there is no point trying to wake up at 5 a.m. to do your best work in the morning. However, if you can't work past four o'clock, there's no point in wasting your whole money or morning doing things which aren't useful. You might as well get up early and do the really key strategic work. So it's about knowing yourself and finding that simple routine for yourself. I also think that you don't need to worry about all the tech and software and AI and all the things that are being flashed at us across social media, all these new things that we can use in our business. Ultimately, you don't need a whole series of really fancy pieces of software and systems to make a successful business. You don't have to have a million different trackers and documents to update. You just need one or two really simple things that work for you. And if you feel that it's not as fancy as it should be, do not. Simple is great. You're doing really well. If you, The more software you have, the more things can break. So do not think that you're not 
running a good business because it's not all fancy in some like nice shiny new piece of software it probably means that you're doing things really well so i think the key things to this is just keep things simple and as soon as you start to feel like you've got a million plates spinning or you're trying to struggle to keep all the balls up in the air or whatever the the metaphor is that i'm clearly just butchering right now just step back strip it back to what are the basic things what's bringing you money keep focusing on those products or services which are bringing you revenue what's bringing you enjoyment in your life continue to do more of those and remove the things which aren't and what is keeping everything running and all the little extra things that you're wasting your time and all the extra admin get rid of it and really just focus on what you really have to do to keep things moving forwards I love that. But I did also have to put myself on mute for a second because I was really laughing. I had a vision of you with one of those um, morning light things, eating your avocado on toast, like doing your meditation. <laughs> I agree. It's all about let's keep it simple. Like, you know, it, we have we're not getting up at 5 a.m. to do all these different tasks. Let's be realistic. And also, I would rather keep business simple after, and have time for the other things I love to do, which is getting outside, doing some exercise, seeing friends like reading interesting books, listening to podcasts, whatever it might be. And all of that is going to help you come up with new ideas and create different directions in your business. But we don't have time for all of it. You can't do a six hour morning routine plus the day, plus then take four and a half months off to go traveling or in my you know, part like ski three days a week in the winter. So we have to be realistic about it. So seven habits that we are taking into the new year. Let's recap what we said. Number one, plan the fun in first. Really important. Be intentional about it. Otherwise, it won't happen. Work in 90-day sprints. So thinking about those big goals, breaking it back into those 90-day sprints and setting the KPIs so you know what are the steps that I'm moving towards? How do I know I'm on track? Always have a parking lot. So for those of you, particularly like Pip and I, that come up with lots of different ideas, know what your main ideas are and then have a parking lot for other things that you might like to do at some point in the future. Might be this year. If you have the time, you'll know because you'll have set the KPIs. It might have to be a year or two down the line or you might have changed your mind in six months time, to be honest. If we are going to achieve all of these things, then the next one is around Trish, Trish, Trash, Transfer, Trim, Take On. So think about what actually needs to be you in the business. What can you delegate to other people? And then when you are delegating, we're thinking about documenting everything as we go so we can hand things over seamlessly and other people can take on the responsibility for those tasks and outcomes. Number six, always press go before you're ready on everything. Press go on new funnels you want to launch, new products you're bringing in, hiring team, all of it. Press go before you're ready. And finally, number seven, keep it simple. The more simple it is, the more scalable it is, and the more fun, success, life you can have outside of work. 